Welcome back to the Damn Your Tall Podcast. I am, this is like the third or fourth time I've had to do this intro because we are having some serious technical difficulties. We're cursed. What? We're cursed. Yes. So, welcome back to the Damn Your Tall Podcast. This is, like I said, the like fourth or fifth time. Reasons why we haven't been able to do a podcast. The first reason is my father passed away. That was like in the podcast. I think we tried to get out about personal reasons and stuff like that. Um, and the second is we were having some issues with the damn microphone and it wouldn't work. So it is finally working. We'll see how long it lasts. Try and get this podcast out to you. So yes, like I said, the reasons why we weren't able to do it, my father passed away and we were doing a whole bunch of stuff like getting the funeral ready, which is going to be as of today, as you're listening to it, we might still be in there because when I saw how they were planning everything and we went to go like talk to the like funeral home and everything and they were like, oh, it's only gonna be like an hour and a half. And they're like, we didn't say that. And I was like, oh, because <laughs> he's a deacon at the church and they're talking about like two and a half to like two, like two to two and a half hours for our service. So it's going to be a long day, but you know, it's a celebration of life for my dad. So I went and got his favorite candy and chapstick to put in the casket. So, so I'm trying to, you know, we've had a lot of crying, so I'm kind of, it'll probably hit me more on Saturday, but for right now, I'm just kind of like, we're, we're going to send them home. Like the home going as black people like to call it. I, I don't know. What, what do white people call funerals? Just funerals. Funerals. So y'all boring. I mean, better than throw them in the ground oh god that's so morbid <laughs> so we want to get this podcast out to you because uh on friday we're gonna be getting everything ready we actually had to get him a suit um yesterday uh because his parents were freaking out about it and my mom and i went to and my sister went to go to kng to get him a suit for the funeral because he's going to be an, uh, a pallbearer so uh, we had to get him a black suit, and now he's looking very spiffy. He's in one of my dad's slash Uncle Jimmy's shirts and stuff like that. So The suit was a whole thing. My parents managed to find me one because um, the panini did not help my waistline at all or my general health. But uh, So all of my suits and stuff didn't fit anymore. So it's been a very frustrating experience to try and find stuff that will fit. And what we were worried about that Felicia keep making fun of us for is that I was going to look stupid. Like, I was going to look like I didn't belong. Because I got added to the pallbearers. Yeah, I had to make... My mom was trying to find pallbearers because my uncles on my mom's side, are they're older. So, they're not going to be able to, you know, they got bum shoulders and stuff like that. So, we need some relatively younger people. And I was like, oh, you can just have Graham do it. She goes, oh, oh yeah, put Graham down. So, that's how that happened. And they were like, he's going to be the center of attention. So, we need to make sure his... Everything is ready. So, it's all cleared up now. And... The funeral is going to, I think, go by smoothly. We we picked out everything. We we went and got casket and what he's going to wear and all that stuff. I'm just kind of waiting for this to kind of be here so we can kind of get that done. I, I don't know if that sounds bad or not. Just because it's been like over a week and a half and it's like stress and we haven't slept a lot. Like I am exhausted right now. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be emotional. Yeah, I'm trying to kind of get back into my normal swings. Like, practices have been pretty good. Like, I, I had, like, an extra week off, which I'll get into talking about here for Nationals, which has been, like, almost a month now, damn near. Um, I placed fourth with the indoor season's best and the highest placing I've ever did, gotten indoor. So, I, I won a little bit of money. So, I made my money back. Got to see some aw- awesome friends. Yeah, I just had an overall good time. 
except for the hotel that charged me an extra like eight dollars, which I know in hindsight sounds really stupid. But hey, when eight dollars is eight dollars. When I went there, I guess they might they added in a new tax for like when I looked at the breakdown, I was like, that's not what I asked, like quoted for the hotel. But I was just like, whatever, nothing I could do. And they were just like, are you satisfied with this? I was like, no, (laughs) because you charged me an extra eight dollars. But anyway, had a fun time. Got to see my uh, Brazil roomie. Hi, Rachel. She's listening to this. So, yeah. And after that, we had conference, which I got my first conference champion in the weight throw on his first throw on a one turn and no one would touched him after that and he got second in the shot put which uh he got on this final throw with i think a pr for indoor don't quote me on that but yeah so i got my first conference champion he's a sophomore everyone else they're freshmen so they're working their way into it they're learning new techniques especially for shot put they all switched to rotational which I was a glider before I switched to rotational and I would still be a glider if I didn't hurt my knee. So glide, I still have a soft spot for you. Little glide. I'm tapping my heart right now. You can't hear it. But so um, I think that's, I'm trying to catch you guys up for, for what's been going on after we had a last chance meet. Um, Did okay. Uh, Started out better in the shot put, but didn't quite make it. He needed to hit like at least like 16 basically like 16 meters he would have been in. So I think it was just a little bit tired because it was a long, a long indoor season, but uh, they're on spring break this week and we're going to get ready for outdoor and I'm getting ready to start my outdoor season. I have to figure out when I'm going to open up, but yeah, that's, Oh, I think one last thing. I got an email about the TFL. I think they're still trying to do it. I read Graham the email. What do you think? They are still trying to do it. I think they've given up on anything for this year at all. I think they're trying to start it next year, um, but they, you know, they're 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 still going at it. So good for them. Yeah, they're really good at communicating. Because I actually did send uh, Kevin a message, a, a text message. He's out of the country right now. He says he's in the airport. He'll message me when he gets back here. Just as I was like, hey, you know. What's the big meeting that you had? Like, are we going to have funding for this for next year? Like, I would like to know before I like quit another job <laughs> to try and do this, which honestly quitting the, what was it? Community. Yeah. Community little gym job. I I think it actually helped my training. Cause I feel a lot more comfortable. Like I get to practice a lot more and like for my sleep and health wise, I'm not as stressed out as last year because there were some meets where I basically had to go get up in the morning, go coach, throw, and yeah, it was exhausting. I, I feel a lot better now. So I think that's pretty much everyone's all caught up of what's been going on the past like month by now, I think. We missed a few weeks. Sorry about that. But, you know, life stuff happens and we're we do this podcast ourselves. Graham is our editor and I try to find stuff to talk about. So yeah, this is this is real life. It is. It is very real life. And to go from real life to our next subject, do you want to talk about Scream 6? Oh uh, yeah. So we just saw a movie just trying to, like I said, get back into a normal routine to be sane again. Um, I was like, let's go to a movie. And Graham was like, okay. And I was like, we're going to go see Scream 6. And he has no idea 
um, while I look up the stuff we need for it, because we had to actually switch to my laptop, which is an Apple hashtag not sponsored from his HP hashtag also not sponsored because of all the technical difficulties we're having. So while I look that up, Graham, you tell him what you were like. Were you lost in the movie, I guess, in other words? All right. Well, I'll do my quick intro here. Stream six. Stream? <laughs> Scream six. Directors Matt Benatelli open. Tyler Gillette. Writers James Vanderbilt. Gary Guy Busick. And credit given to Kevin Williamson for coming up with the characters. Starring Courtney Cox, Melissa Barrera, and Jenny Ortega. It is... I'm not deep enough into horror for this movie. I mean, there were a lot of references to previous movies, which they did a kind of good job of explaining, but so many of the references and how much, and just didn't work for me. And the Scream series has always been very referential to horror as a category. And it's never been, it's, it, you know, so it's it has a gate, it has an entry. Well, that's fine, but I'm just not sure I really passed that entry. The, I mean, like, I got, I got a bunch of the references, like, they had a whole bunch of costume references, like, they had zombie handmaids, and they had, um, Samara Weaving is the initial kill to match the, the format, and they had a later shot where someone's wearing her outfit from Ready or Not, you know, they have David Bowie, they had a lot of, they really used the Halloween to very good effect, both to just like kind of put in these references, but it's also used to build a lot of attention as the, it's kind of what leads into the third act is they get on, they got a subway train to go to somewhere safe. And because it's Halloween in the scream world, everybody knows about this scream movie. Well, they're the stab movies are based on the events of scream or whatever. I think, this really changed because Sydney Prescott's actress, or I guess you should say act, Nev Campbell. Nev Campbell said she was not coming back because they were not going to pay her enough money, and that's perfectly legitimate to me. I mean, if they're, it, in some ways, I think it may have helped the series because part of the previous movie was setting up a new crop of characters, so to get rid of the primary character from the previous one entirely definitely helped. I think it's kind of pathetic that they that for a major motion picture they couldn't bother to pay her how much she was worth. But you, I mean, a budget of of thirty five million, which I mean, large, but come on, they filmed it in Canada. Okay, so I'm gonna go over the plot, and then we'll just do our normal spiel. So, spoilers. Oh yeah, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. So go ahead. Thank you for reminding me because we usually don't do spoilers. So one one year after the Woodsboro killings orchestrated by Richie Kernish and Amber Freeman, Blackmore University students Jason Calvary kills his film professor Lauren Kane or Laura Crane outside the bar in New York City while while wearing a ghost face costume. He plots the. He plots with his roommate Greg to kill sister Sam and Tara Carpenter, survivors of the killings, to in order to finish Richie's film. However, Jason receives a call from a different ghost face who murdered Greg and sus- sub- stabs him <laughs> to death. Um, yeah, so that's like the opening. Because, okay, with Scream movies, it's like a play on like horror. It's like a, like that's their thing. They they be like, oh, this horror movies exist in this universe and stuff like that. Like Michael Myers and all that stuff exists in this universe. So, um, 
they always have like an initial kill and then they actually had two so it was like a, a fake out because like one of the characters is like uh randy meeks i think his character was like he knows a whole bunch of like about horror and stuff and this movie plays on like the second movie in scream to where they're the main characters go off to college and they still get followed by the character so that's that's kind of what it is um so we get the two kills and of course you get a big actress and the guys that did what is it ready or not yeah it's radio silence yeah radio silence they had um sigourney samara we uh, samara now you're making me say want to say sigourney weaver because you got me sorry samara weaving yes yeah, so she was like the main character and i was kind of like they gonna do this out in public and they did the first kill like out in public it was like in a dark alley and she's a film professor and they're like we're gonna finish this film then he walks back into his apartment and he's like dude i thought we promised never to use the voice on her on each other and his roommate's dead and the ghost face kills him so that's like the first few minutes of the movie because that's how scream works they have like the initial opening kills just like jada pinkett smith and Omar Epps, I believe, got killed before the credits even rank. So, black people always got to die in these. So, there was only one black guy that dies. So, I was kind of like, I guess the other two black characters get to live, which is nice. I mean, he didn't even get a name. This is true. He didn't even have a name. He was just buff black guy. I don't even know what it is in the credits, but okay. So, Sam and Tara now live in New York City with fellow survivors Chad and Mindy Meeks Martin uh, and roommate Quinn Bailey, along with Mindy's girlfriend Anita. Anika and Chad's roommate Ethan, all whom attend Blackboard University. Sam attends therapy with Dr. Stone, who who was ostracized ostracized in public due to an online conspiracy theory that she orchestrated the Woodsboro killings to frame Richie for it. Quinn's father, Detective Wayne Bailey, calls Sam in for questioning uh, as her ID was found at the same scene of Jace's murder, along with ghost face masks used by Richie and Amber. On the way to the station, Sam is called to Ghostface. Sam is called by Ghostface and Richie's phone, who then attacks Tara and pursues them into a bodega, killing multiple bystanders and leaving another Ghostface mask used by Jill Roberts and Charlie Walker in the 2011 Woodsboro killings. Okay, so basically this one, because there's a lot of lore now with these. There's six movies. So this one was 2011 was the fourth i believe yeah because this is six so that was the fourth one that was like a long gap before they rebooted it with five so that was like that movie i, I guess was kind of stupid i never saw it i just watched the kill count so if you really want to watch all the screen movies i mean go watch them yourself but i i like watching the kill counts because it gives a good backstory i understand he also does want to watch the movie too but i was like i'm not gonna watch this but yeah so um they get followed into Bodega, which I think was actually a pretty good scene. Like these, I think these screen movies or reboots are actually more creepier than the original. I mean, there's also the funny parts, but they're more like bloody than the original ones. Right. Uh, one of the things that apparently caused a whole bunch of screen nerds to get flipped out was the fact that in this one, he uses a shotgun and the, what is he gets the shotgun from the store owner who's trying to protect the women when this, the, you know, the scream killer storms in, but apparently some people were like, "Oh, it's a shot! Oh, he shouldn't! They're not supposed to use shotguns in scream movies." And I was like, I mean, "Isn't that part of the point of the like their whole series is commentated about how like things change?" 
Yeah, they mention it in this movie how things are going to be like amplified and it's not going to seem what it seems. They're going to bring back another legacy. They mention it in the movie. That's what Scream is. Right. And what I mean, one of the things too is for the right kind of dramatic scene, shotguns are excellent because they're so loud, especially when you use movie magic to make them even louder. But I mean, when they fire, they're loud. When they reload, they're loud. When they're just, they're big things. When they move around and they hit stuff, they're loud. So they're really, they're great for a very, there were no explosions beyond that of gunpowder. You know, there's no explosions in that scene, but it was a very explosive scene in part because the shotgun is, you know, blowing stuff around and they hurl a, uh, divider on him and fly, you know, it was. Yeah. So in this, she goes to her therapist and she basically tells him, in other words, like what happened? And she's like, I wanted to do more because her father is a killer and that she thinks that she's going to be a killer. And he's like, I got to report this to the police. And which is not true, by the way. Oh, and uh, like back online, uh, she's seen as like, a murderer for killing the guys that wanted to kill her because no, it, that uh, it was that that she had set up the whole thing. She was a uh, some sort of oh, evil yeah, yeah, mastermind. Right. Yeah, like she set it up and orchestrated it and framed those two, and like she's like hated and when she's like walking out in public and stuff, and she gets like a a pop thrown on her and everything. So at the station, the sisters met with. Or meet with FBI agent Kirby Reed, a survivor of the 2011 killings, and then reporter Gail Weathers, who reveals that Sidney Prescott and her family have gone to a hiding, caught in hiding in response to the recent attacks. Dr. Stone is murdered by Ghostface, who seals Sam's file and leaves the mask used by Roman Bridger, the killer from the Hollywood attacks. Ghostface then attacks the group in Sam and Tara's apartment, killing Quinn and Anita, Anika, sorry, leave the mask used by. Mickey Alteretti, Wayne is officially taken off the sus, taken off the case following Quinn's death, but vows a revenge to have his daughter. Gail takes the group to an abandoned cinema she found while investigating, which has been set up as a shrine to the Ghostface killers, including the weapons, outfits, and each set of attacks. Ghostface later calls Gail in her apartment and torments her about the death of Dewey. Uh, before killing her boyfriend, yeah, like just killing her boyfriend, he has no name, uh, and attacks her, Sam and Tara give, arrive at the top, arrive in time to stop Ghostface from killing Gail. Yeah, I couldn't even find the character listed in the cast listing, <laughs> uh, what, what her boyfriend's name was. So, um, so I know in this, Lord Kirby was in the last, like, the 2011 one and people are like, is she still alive? And yep, she's still alive. She, she survived. She's, she's back in the screen movies and she's like an FBI agent now. Yeah. She's an FBI agent. And I did like the, the disregard that Gail Weathers or Courtney Cox had for her. Like you look like a zygote. And she's like, I'm 30. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Like I said, there is comedy in this. So yep. They find Gail does her reporting and finds like this shrine and there's a whole bunch of Easter eggs. I'm pretty sure uh, there's like Easter eggs for all the movies. Basically, you have all the characters in there and they, they highlighted some of them, but I'm pretty sure there's a shit ton more. Like I'm not the biggest Scream fan, so I, I don't know all the lore like uh, with these movies, but I'm pretty sure somebody's going to there's going to be a whole YouTube video and be like, oh, this was this scene and this and this like with that whole thing. So. So Gail does her investigative reporting and they're trying to like make a trap for him. So 
they're going to basically at that point, like lure him there. They're trying to get, uh, they're trying to get him out in like broad daylight to call. And he like is onto them and they, they're in a van trying to trace the call. They trace it back and they're like, Oh shit. It's at Gail's house. And he's there in her apartment, kills a boyfriend. And she kind of puts up a fight. She has a gun and everything, but she goes out to the apartment. Like if I was her, I would not <laughs> go out in that apartment. Like at all. I would just stay in the room that she was in and she had the phone. She could have called the police. But, you know, that's not how this works. And she gets stabbed and they come in, shoot him. Excuse me. They come in, shoot him. And he, of course, flees because that's how in his feathery yeah. <laughs> moving, he rolled for initiative or whatever. That bellow is his cloak bellows. There you go. He's got a cloak of billowing. You can use bonus action to make a billow. There you go. So the group meets with Kirby to... Uh, at the theater to trap Ghostface in the subway platform, they are separated and many is stabbed by Ghostface at the theater. Sam sees a vision of her father, original Ghostface killer, Billy Loomis, who started all this shit, who reminds her to defend herself and trust no one. Talking, taking Billy's knife from the original murder, Sam realizes they have been locked inside. Wayne calls Sam and says they found out Kirby was fired from the FBI months ago prior to being mentally unstable. Two Ghostface secure attack the group seemingly killing Chad and Tara and Sam try to escape Kirby and Wayne both arrive guns drawn Wayne shoots Kirby revealing himself to be a third ghost face killer he admits to orchestrating the killings with his children revealed to be Ethan is still alive Quinn in revenge Richie's death who is his eldest son they reveal their plan to kill Sam and frame her as a ghost face making her the final piece of the shrine to honor Richie, Sam and Tara fight off Bailey, Bailey family and Tara stabbing Ethan and Sam killing Quinn. Sam then dons her father's ghost face costume, stabs Wayne prior Wayne to death. Ethan resurfaces, but Kirby smashes the television set that killed Stu Bircher over the head, killing him. Let me finish this last thing. Sam agrees to let Tara live one more independent or hold on. Sam agrees to let Tara live her life more independently and Tara agrees to go to therapy as the still alive Mindy, Chad, and Kirby are taken into the hospital. Sam stares at her father's ghost fame mask before disregarding it, following Tara into the city. So there, there you have it. So basically with these, it always like the final, like third act, there's always something bigger and better, just like in the original ones. And this one, instead of, Two ghost face killers, which there usually are, there are three. And it's his whole family exacting revenge on them killing the boyfriend. Well, her boyfriend, their son slash brother. So One thing that I was going to mention that you had was they they have a lot of fun with Mindy Meeks Martin, Jasmine Savoy Brown's character, because she's the one who's aware and she knows she's in a franchise and everything else. But I think one of the ones you really liked was her t-shirt that said strong femme lead. Oh, yeah, because, you know. Feminism. No, no, not that. That's like her character is like self-aware type of like Brandy Meeks, like in the character, the second one, he's like, we're all a suspect. <laughs> like everybody's, everybody's a suspect. Like that, that was a thing. And she basically runs down the rules. There was a scene there all sitting out there. She's like beheadings and bigger and better. There's always double the body count, more gore and all this stuff. And expect the unexpected. It's going to be the opposite. So that's like her little character. She's like Brandy Meeks. Basically that's, that's it. So, basically, the only person that I think died is, besides the killers, of course, like the main cast, I don't think, 
uh, none of the new main cast died in this one. Everyone got brought back to life. Like Chad is still alive. Like he got stabbed. He's kind of like Dewey. Like he always gets stabbed and he comes back. Like, okay. How many times are these people going to get stabbed repeatedly without hitting any vital organs? Like what? <laughs> like, I think there was one part where she got cut, like sliced in the arm, which, okay, you know, your adrenaline's going, you might not feel it. But then she also got stabbed in that same arm in the shoulder and she was climbing up a ladder. And I was like, how is that not her? Is your drilling going that fast? Which I guess it would be, but <laughs> I'm like, and her sister got like stabbed in the stomach and was like jumping on dudes and like beating people up. I was like, what is this? This is like Tomb Raider when I was playing it. You're like, she's like got sliced open and she's like, I'm perfectly fine now. Yeah, there's definitely a fair amount of that. We find out that they're all related and they're like, we're going to make make this film. And of course, you know, good guys prevail in these movies. They, they fight them off, kill the kids, and the son comes back for, like, one final scare. Yeah, yeah, he's the one final scare that they have. Yeah, and, you know, of course, they're, before the twist and the reveal, there's, like, Kirby and the dad. And she, he's like, I, I cleared the place, you know. I'm, you know, she's, like, mentally unstable. I think that she's one of the killers. She's like, no, it, it's him. I was like, look out behind you. And she gets shot, and she's out in there. And it's like, that's when you get the reveal that it's the Bailey family. Right. Um, I mean, I think the fact that it was three worked pretty well. I didn't even bother trying to figure out who the actual killer was before the reveal. I, was just like, I think oh, I sorry. called it. I was like, I didn't know that it was going to be the dad and the brother, but I was like, the, whatchamacallit, because I, I knew it had to be two, and I was like, we're like, it's Kirby. I was like, she's like five feet. There's yes. no way. <laughs> like, those di- dudes are at least over five feet. Like, the dad had to be like at least maybe five, ten. I don't know exactly, but Hayden Penitier is not that tall. Right. And I'm like, what is she wearing? Stilts? So, <laughs> yeah. But that that was great. Yeah. I mean, if you're deep into the horror franchise, not franchise, into the horror world, I mean, it probably is a good movie to see. Um, I, I thought it was better than the fifth one, I think. Because that was like the reboot, so it took a while. So I was kind of like, it was okay. I like this one way better than that one so but i'm not like a big scream head i I don't know ghost face head and another thing i will say these are based off real people's lives and they made stab movies from them which i don't know if that would work honestly because i don't think i'd want to see well they do make movies about jeffrey Dahmer, but we don't like make a franchise well i guess they do but i mean the one that comes to mind is texas chainsaw massacre but that movie really had very little to do with the actual incident that's that was kind of i can't it's like very loosely based on it because i thought there was a real guy doing all that and they're like no i was like oh so they just made it up but they just kind of made it real right i mean and then well it's so far gone well i'm I'm just i'm just trying to think of of the major at least from what i can think of it's slack there's no because in the stab movies they're on like stab seven or something so it's so what they're really talking about is they're talking about stuff like Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees. That's that's who they're really talking about. They're, I mean, I mean maybe they're talking about Puppet Master because apparently there's 15 Puppet Master movies. Puppet Master clearly not based on a real story. But yeah, okay. So back to my point. Like there was people dressed up as Ghostface. I'm like, if I got like stabbed or know somebody that died, I'd be. That's very upsetting. Like you don't see people walking around as serial killers. Like around 
Like, I don't see any Ted Bundys or anybody, like, walking around like that. So that was a little weird. Like, of course, there was Michael Myers and all stuff. Okay, fictional characters, fine. But, like, in this universe, Stab actually is based off real people. So I'm like, why am I dressed as Ghostface? Like, what the hell? It would, yeah, it... It's like it's it's like everybody being dressed up like Jeffrey Dahmer, which in our world people do rarely, and I don't think it ever goes over well. But there's not like a whole line of people selling Jeffrey Dahmer masks. Yeah. Not only are they not only selling them, having them be bought. Yeah, that would not go over well. So yeah, I thought if you have the time, want to go watch it. It's a fairly entertaining movie especially if you're into the scream lore which i know graham was a little lost but they i think they do a fairly good like uh explaining of it in these movies because they always talk they always have exposition so and it follows the original scream type of like trilogy like in the second movie of the original type cast they went to college and they get stalked again with like another killer that's bigger and better and this basically what happened to them so and they could probably keep making these movies. If it makes more than its budget, I'm pretty sure they're going to keep making them. But I'm like, who is going to be the killer next? Like, what would be their motive just to, like, keep stalking them? Like, or she turn into to be the killer eventually? Like, I, I don't know how they would make it, like, at so. Because, like, who else? I don't know enough about the other movies to really, uh, you know, Voorhees and... Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't know enough about those to really say. Because that's, I mean, that's what they're really commenting on. Yeah, there's like Leprechaun and stuff like that. They're also in the slasher world. Yeah, so. I say if you got time, go ahead. Graham, what's your take on it? I say if you got time, do something else. Like pet a dog. That's right. Pet a dog for two hours and three minutes. The dog will love it. It can be entertained. I mean, there was a little, of course, with every horror movie, there was like, you know, those expositions, but... There was no jump scares. I didn't see you get jumped. Yeah, I don't think there were any jump scares, which is nice. I, don't, I always fall for those. Yes, he does. Like, we could be just sitting, and it could just be a loud noise. <laughs> and I know. I'll be like, I'll be looking at the movie, like, there's going to be a jump scare. There's going to be a jump scare. There's going to be a jump scare. Oh, there's a jump scare. I still jump. So, yes. That that was that was our Scream review. Hopefully, hopefully it's not too muttered, because, like I said, we are tired, and we've had to, like, try and record this podcast about four or five times. But it hasn't cut out yet. But... That is going to be the end of the podcast. I don't have a Graham IDK today. Um, we'll, we'll come back on a regularly scheduled type of podcast probably next week. Yep. Um, well, the following week, you'll be listening to this on Saturday. So, hope you guys enjoy. Oh, one other thing. Um, we are the number 26 podcast in Ghana. <laughs> yes, we are the number 26 po- podcast in entertainment in Ghana. Okay, yeah, that's right. You're listening to the number 26 podcast in entertainment in Ghana. That's right, bitches. And based on our Anchor stats, although Anchor is like, becoming something different, I think something with Spotify, um, I don't think anyone actually from Ghana shows up in our listing is listening to it. Most of them, shockingly enough, are Americans. I'm, gonna, I'm pulling it up real quickly right now. Okay, so yes, we are the number 26 podcast in entertainment in Ghana. So... Thank you for listening. Also, if you want to follow me on all my social medias, Fifi underscore J247, along with Graham, Graham Mildrum on all social medias. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram, DYTPod underscore. 
follow us. Uh, we're trying to get back in the swing of things. So sorry for the delay, but you know, life happens and we'll catch you on the next podcast. Okay. Bye. Bye.